Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. I want you to just bow your heads and say, Lord, speak to me as your Word comes, and let the entrance of your Word bring light and understanding to the simple this morning. Hallelujah. My spirit is open to receive of you. My spirit is open to receive. My heart is ready to receive. I receive your word this morning. I receive your leading this morning. I receive everything that you have in store for me this morning. Let there be a transformation as a result of the word of God that comes this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Can you say this after me? I choose right now to be changed and transformed by the word of God. My spirit is open. My mind is ready to receive the word of God. Hallelujah. I think it was some weeks ago we started to talk about um, the mind of Christ. And the basic framework of the mind of Christ is seeing how that you have your identity in Christ. And you are transformed by the working of the Holy Spirit and your exposure to the word of God. And that transformation which happens on the inside, which is not a behavioral modification, results into an expression of the life of God. So it is possible for one to be saved, one to be sanctified, one to be holy, um, one to be righteous in Christ, but not live in consistent um, nature with who you are in Christ. And the bridge between your expression and your identity is the transformation. So if there is no transformation, you cannot express who you really are. Say amen, somebody. So we have come to understand that transformation is very key for the expression of the believer's life. If you've ever seen a cedar tree before, you would realize that a cedar tree um, doesn't show its beauty on the surface. But when the timber man cuts the cedar tree and you begin to see the patterns of the cedar tree, you would understand that the cedar tree has intrinsic beauty inside of it. All it needed to go through was processing and polishing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you ever seen when, for example, when a tree is cut horizontally and you see that there are patterns on the tree, right? So you cannot really appreciate those beauties except there is a processing. And that's the same way it is for each and every one that when you have received Christ, you are 100% perfect in the nature of who Christ is. So your righteousness is consistent to the righteousness that Jesus has. So you are not trying to be more righteous. You are actually righteous, right? Because you've been forgiven. But the transformative process is what happens to you by the exposure of the word. And that's something to be very um, um, deliberate about in teaching and in understanding. Now, here it is. When the Bible says that you are transformed, it's not saying that you transform yourself. It's actually saying that you are transformed. So the nature of the word of God, if you are really exposed to the word of God, is that it prints you out and it transforms you. You're not the one who does the changing. You're not the one who 
sometimes we try to reduce the efficacy of the word of God by saying that you live, you live and you live the word of God. Uh, I'm trying to be careful not to mislead your understanding on what I'm trying to say, but leaving out the word of God is, is actually expressing the word of God that takes its root in you already. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, when God speaks a word to you, God is not going to do what he has said. What God says he will do or what God says to you is what happens to you. So, if God looks at this monitor, this black speaker and says, this is blue, automatically it becomes blue. So, you saw it as black, but the moment God says it's blue, it becomes blue. Because all of us, are we are chameleons before God. So, if God says something about you, you become what he says. So, God is not... So, that's, that's what I'm trying to let you understand, that the exposure to the word doesn't require something personal from you. But it takes your yieldedness, your openness, to allow the Holy Spirit print out what the Word has said about you. So when God says, let there be, there has to be, because He said it. So your exposure to the Word is key for your transformation. Can we say that together? My exposure to the Word of God is key for my transformation. Say it louder. Say, my exposure to the word of God is key for what? For my transformation. So we started to talk about the transformation of the transformative power of the word of God. And we moved on to last Sunday where I was talking to you about um, the scripture. And how that the word of God is like a spark. Can you put James chapter 5, sorry, James chapter 3 verse 5 for me. James chapter 3 verse 5. If you have it, James chapter 3 verse 5. I want to show you something there. It says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Somebody say with me, kindleth. Okay, that's not all of us. Say it louder. Say kindleth. Alright, so when you hear the word kindle, the word kindle means to strike a spark. Okay, there's some, uh, to strike a spark. And if you are in a big room, a spark doesn't light up a whole room. We know that, right? It takes the spark to actually catch fire and to become a reasonable amount of light to light up a whole room. So a spark doesn't catch fire. And when the Bible says that be followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise, it tells you that when you begin to speak words in your life, you must understand that the words you speak requires patience. Because you cannot divorce patience from the face where you are. There is a phase in your life where you are saying things but not saying the things that you are saying. But that doesn't mean you should stop saying the things that you ought to say. Because just like I said to you last Sunday, that every idle word will be brought to judgment. Every idle word you speak will be brought to 
judgment. And I said some of those idle words that things were used to saying, even with joke, with play. All, you remember the illustration last Sunday, right? Yeah. So I told you that those idle words sometimes don't manifest immediately. Like, hey, now I don't die. But you don't die actually. You see, but the accumulation of these things opens up because life is spiritual, yeah? Life is spiritual. So the accumulation of these things opens you up to the possibility of the influence of the spirit of death. When someone is sick, for example, it is death that is coming, not a symptom. What you feel is a symptom because words were natural circumstances. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the moment you keep saying things, you see the manifestation of what you're saying through natural circumstances that you can explain. But those natural circumstances were birthed by the word that you spoke before they came to manifest. Say yes, somebody. Because that's what is going on to you. You just felt the guy chose to resign, and then after he resigned, there was a vacancy, and you walked into the place where it was the words that, it was the orchestration of God that put a lot of plottings in place for you to come to where you are. A woman was going to rise to power, Esther, and a wife, she's, he, she's already married to the king, but the real wife is outside. <laughs> I know that I'm giving all the wrong examples today, but it's fine. The real wife is outside, the king is already married, so it is the plotting and the orchestration of God to make sure that one day she disobeys without knowing why. King says, come. She says, no, I'm not coming. Come, I know they come. Then the king is angry. And then the king says, you know what? Let's choose someone. There's a collective decision by the, the housemen and the statesmen and say, look, for you not to send a message of disorder in the home, you have to choose someone else. And then Esther rises to power. The way your rising is going to happen will be the accumulation of sparks and kindlings. But you see, you have to stay consistent with the speaking. And that's what I'm saying to you. So, the Bible says, be followers of them who through faith and patience what obtain the promise. If you're going to obtain the promise, whilst you're speaking, learn how to be patient. Because you can't separate patience from where you are. Patience is a part of where you are. Patience is a bona fide member of the face where you are. Right? So, today I'm going to just show you something. Now, let's see um, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 16. The title of this message is, I am a preacher. That's the title of this message. Because many times we have always thought that a preacher is the one who holds the microphone and speaks to a people. Yeah, yeah, that's a preacher. That's correct. But let me tell you what real preaching is. There's a difference between teaching and preaching. Teaching is to explain the word of God, but preaching is to say what has been done. So when I teach, I show you the scriptures, and I expound the scriptures to you. Matthew chapter 4 verse this. It is explained in so, so, so verse. So that the light of the scripture is broadened in your, in your mind and in your spirit, that you are able to apply what you have come to deep understanding about. Yeah, but preaching is to say what has been done, declare what has been done. You know what you and I have called preaching over the years? 
we have called preaching over the years the volume and the tempo of how the pastor is saying what he is saying. Ah, that guy they preach, man. You don't hear that guy preach, that guy they preach. And what is the definition of that guy they preach? God is about to raise you right now. That's what you call preaching. Now hear me. Yeah, so while that is good, that is not preaching. God, I wish I had ways. Um, I saw Macrock right now. Hey, bro, what's going on, man? Welcome back from me. He came from Lagos all the way for White Party yesterday. And, Macro, come, let's do some small, uh, yeah. And you know when I start to do it, you guys have to, you know the response. Right on, pastor. <laughs> right on, pastor. I was listening to the uh, joke of Osama, and he was talking about how people who sleep in church respond to the pastor who is preaching. That's when you sleep, and then when you wake up, because the last thing in your head before you slept was, whoo, right on. And you have slept for like one minute. And you came back. You continue from where you stopped. You know? Meanwhile, the pastor has moved on, right? <laughs> so even when the pastor is talking normally and everybody is quiet, you just see somebody from the middle. Right on. Now he's sleep. He's sleep. He's sleep. Praise God. He's sleep. He's sleep. Amen. Who has ever slept in night video before? Yeah. 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 There was a day I slept, I fell to my face. Face. <laughs> I fell to the face down. I fell to the face down. When I woke up, I was, you know, just, you know, smiling. <laughs> because you have to find something to cover up. Amen. 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 And there are some people who are always sleeping in church. Whether they slept before or not, it's inconsequent. The moment is a default biological setting. The moment the pastor holds mic and says, let us open our Bible. Ah, it is ground for sleeping. You know? So, I saw that spirit was coming on me as a teenager. I had to bind it. Yeah, sleeping in church. You know, so, now, this is what many of us call preaching. God is going, you know, with the voice. Uh, yeah. Then you will now, you know. Uh-huh. God will bless you. It's about to bless you. God is about to bless you. So what I've said now is not preaching. Yes, because God is about to bless you. It's not preaching. Let me tell you what you call preaching. What you call preaching is the temple. That's not preaching. Preaching is saying, oh God. Mm-hmm. Preaching is saying what the cross has done. That's preaching. So now, if I say this, I am the healed of God. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm the healed of God. Now, I'm not, I'm the healed of God. You know, now, now I do this sometimes when the thing enter my body. So there's nothing wrong with it, Amen. There's nothing, and any pastor who does it is good. I like it. I, in fact, I learned how to do it. It's not anointing. It's a skill. Mm, you turn it on and you turn it off. It's not anointing. You, have, you learn how to do it. Uh, you learn how to do it. Right? But I'm trying to debunk your idea of preaching. 
that when you say preaching preaching is not reserved for pastor it's not reserved for sunday service preaching oh let, let me let me not jump ahead of myself so when i say to you i'm the healed of god i'm victorious because of what jesus has done jesus died he was buried and he rose again guess what i'm doing i'm preaching i'm preaching so powerful than the one who is adding all the theatrics and is not saying what is consistent to what christ has done are you getting what i'm saying but if i also do this i'm the healed of god i'm still preaching so don't let macrock and his piano confuse you of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of what good preaching is. But can I say to all of you, everybody here is a preacher. Lift your hands and say yes. What did I say? I said everybody is a preacher. Everybody. See, there is a difference between words and preaching. Speaking words is not the same thing as preaching. Preaching has to do with speaking words but that you speak words doesn't mean that you're preaching so you must know when you are talking right when you are preaching or when you are just yarning you know sometimes we come before god and we yarn because we lack understanding of identity you know i've told you before that you know a time is going to come where you grow in your faith that you are not just speaking to god but you are speaking as god because you talk to mountains you don't wait for god to come down and talk to mountains so let me tell you what preaching is first corinthians are you there first corinthians chapter chapter one verse is this 16 i said yeah chapter one verse 16 he says yes i also baptized the household of stephanas besides i do not know whether i baptized any other next verse verse 17 we're going to read all the way down yeah verse 17 is for christ now let's let's read this together everybody want to go for christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel not with the wisdom of words lest the cross of christ should be made of hold on hold on christ did not send paul to baptize but to preach the gospel somebody i want you to now let's use the preacher's voice to shout the preach the gospel are you ready one more time shout preach the gospel preach to do what to preach the gospel not with the wisdom of words hold on preaching includes words wisdom of words include words so what is the difference between wisdom of words and preaching the gospel it is the mindset of what christ has done jesus died god knows what he's doing god knows that there are some times you don't have the right words to articulate what you need to say so he makes it simple for you that if you can remember he died he was buried and he rose that is all that the simplicity of the gospel is summarized in these three powerful ideas that jesus died he was buried and he rose because there is an implication 
of his death. The implication of his death is what demons remember. The moment you call the name Jesus, right? At the name of Jesus, every knee bows. You are indirectly saying that the people or the spirits or the beings that were in hell when Jesus died, was buried and rose again and the conquest and the victory he wrought while he was there, it is a fresh memory because the demons have not forgotten. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? So the moment you say Jesus, it brings back the memory of defeat. It is not enticing words. You know, I like grammar. I mean, I like to speak well. It's good to speak well, but make sure when you are speaking well, it is gospel. Make sure that in your speaking well, it is the content of he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And then you channel the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus into the part of your life where you want to see results. Because the power of God is in the gospel. What did Paul say? I am not ashamed. Talk to me, everybody. I'm not ashamed of Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ for it is what? The power. The gospel is the power. Talk to me, somebody. The gospel is what? The power. What is the gospel? He died, he was buried, and he rose. It's called the simplicity of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. So here it is. How do you activate the power in your direction? Preach the gospel. That's how you do it. Preach the gospel to your body. You know, the, the word preach the gospel seems to be like it's a conversation for sinners it is true but preach the gospel to circumstances because circumstances understand the perspective of the cross everything bears witness to the fact that he died he was buried jesus was lord in heaven he was lord here and he was also lord under the earth so that the moment you mention his name there is nothing that exists that doesn't attest to the lordship of jesus so, the preaching of the gospel to your body, for example, is saying to your body, sick body, I'm the healed of God. Because Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. Do you know what you've just done? You've preached. You look at your bank account, and you speak to your bank account. It is rare though. You speak to your bank account. I am the giver to nations. You tie it to the gospel because he died. He was buried. Blood was shed for me. Therefore, my progress is made known to all. Blood was shed for me, and as my days are, so shall my strength be. You begin to declare this thing you are preaching. So it says, for, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. Oh, glory to God. Glory, glory. Okay, verse 17. I'm sorry. Verse 17. Have we done 17? We've done 17. No, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made, should be made of no effect. Next verse. For the message of the cross is what? The message of the cross is foolishness. Now, it's, it's narrowing the preaching of the, of the gospel to the conversation of the cross. So there is nothing like preaching the gospel without the cross in the picture. Do you understand that? 
So it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is what? Now the Bible did not say that the message of the cross is foolishness. It says it is foolishness to them. That what you say, they don't understand, but you understand. You know what you're saying. You see the wisdom of God in what you So let's keep reading. Let's keep going. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Next verse. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Now you see these three categories. The wise, the scribe, the disputer of the age. This summarizes to you every civilization. For every civilization, there is who they call the wise. For every civilization, there is who they call the scribes. The scribes are those who body knowledge. Those are the ones who gather knowledge together. The body of knowledge. Now, the disputer of the age are those who want to show you another perspective to things. Every civilization has the wise, the scribe, the disputer of the age. Every civilization. But guess what? The Bible says that all these things are coming to, to naught. It says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Can I say to you very um, simply today that in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus, you will not be popular. You're not going to be popular. You will not say things that people say. You will not say things that are logically sound. You will not say things that make sense. Sometimes even to your reason. Do you know that your mind is inconsequential to the preaching of the gospel? Your mind. If you want to use your mind to preach because Jesus died, I'm healed. And then logic is saying, but there's so, so many science. There's a body of science of which I'm not against. I mean, I'm not against. God gave the wisdom. But the primary wisdom, you must know it. God gave the wisdom of doctors. He gave the wisdom of science and he did all of that for our help. And that's not bad. But I'm telling you that the primary wisdom and the primary um, solution, the best way to solution for any human being and anything about life is the gospel. But your mind is inconsequential. There are things your spirit knows that your mind cannot conceive. <laughs> How did... You know the parable of Lazarus and the rich man? You know if someone enters hell, the person is already dead. Is that correct? So anybody who is in hell is already dead. Question for you. How did the rich man remember his brothers out there who had not received Christ when his brain was already fried. That's to tell you that your mind has no link to the potency of your spirit. That a rich man in hell could remember without a brain. Tells you that you don't need brain sometimes for what God wants to do through you. Stay with the foolishness of the preaching. Because the foolishness of the preaching is like a spark. You don't see how it makes sense. But keep talking it. Keep saying it. You know, I like the way Pastor Chris will say it. Keep saying it. Keep speaking it. Somebody grew the word of God and it prevailed. The word of God is the nature of the word. I described to you. I wish I can manifest what I want to describe. He didn't jump. Jesus did not jump with umbrella from heaven as the savior of the world or parachute. No. Or just like I'm going to come down like this. Or just like I would have loved to come down. <laughs> he didn't do that. It was the nature of his manifestation was to be born. And then the word grew. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. Do you want to deliver impact to your world globally? Start to talk it now. 
the answer of the tongue hey god will give you see there are some utterances that come to your spirit now i've entered into a prophetic dimension now there are sometimes when you're praying and god will give you utterances those utterances are answers of the tongue they are construction of phrases that make sense for your situation at that time there is potency in that phrase that as you say it it clicks situations and it aligns things together for you it's called utterance so that's why paul said pray for me that i have utterance utterance is powerful utterance is powerful uh, apostle ayo was giving um an example of one day he was taking a shower and then he saw a boy stampeed and he touched it utterance entered his mouth and he just said it you don't exist he didn't, he didn't even remember he had said anything the next day while he was showering big something the next day while he was showering he just realized that he wasn't there utterance when god gives you the 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 answer of the tongue you would know how to answer a situation you have a precise word you are not you are not um dancing about the bush or not precise about what to say that's utterance so let's keep going back go back to go back to um he said where is the wise where is the scribe where is the dispute of this age has not god made foolish the wisdom of this world can i prophesy to you that god will use you to make the world look foolish Okay, you did say amen because you don't understand the prayer. Don't worry, let me explain the prayer. The prayer is that without the explanation of the world, the world will see impact they've never seen before from something that they don't understand. My father called me one day. He says, son, you will not see rain, you will not see wind, but you will see water. I took that word and he says, you will be a mystery what it means is that people will not understand how you're doing what you do and that's what i'm telling you has god not made foolish the wisdom of the world what is the wisdom of the world it is the logic and the interpretation of how things should be that you have connection is the, are you getting what i'm saying that you know there is a there is a legitimate flow of how things will turn out you know there's a legitimate explanation of your greatness god is saying that we bypass it yes yes i will bypass it because i want to make foolish the explanation of the words i want your testimony to be foolish to you that when you are giving your testimony you will be as if you are lying yeah you will look like somebody who is not saying the whole th truth but the truth of the matter is there's nothing more to say because you yourself cannot explain it you can't it's called the foolishness of preaching you are a preacher look for four people tell them i'm a preacher i'm a preacher josh let's go verse 21 is it for sins in the wisdom of god the world through wisdom did not know god it pleased god through the foolishness of the message use the king james version use the king james version i'm going to read it again use the king james version pure king james for after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe hey, hey let me leave this one 
keep going because I don't have time. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Jews require a sign. The, the Greeks seek wisdom. But see what Paul says in the next verse. But we what? Please shout it loud. But we what? We preach Christ. And Christ what? So when you say preach, what is your preaching? Let your beginning be from it is finished. Let your starting point be from what he has finished. Learn to eat Jesus roasted, not raw. You know what it means to eat Jesus roasted? To eat Jesus roasted means to eat Jesus after Jesus has been burnt. Mm -hmm. But to eat Jesus raw means to eat the Jesus that has not gone through the fire. Who is the Jesus that has not gone through the fire? It is the Jesus that is not crucified. For the Bible says that, you know, um, except the corn of wheat falls to the ground, it, it abides alone. Except it dies, it abides alone. The Bible speaks of the fact that Jesus was speaking of himself. That when he dies, then you shall see the glorification of many. Are you getting it? So one day some people came and said to Philip, We want to see Jesus or the apostles. They were telling the disciples they want to see their master. You know, connect us to your master. We see the wonderful things he's doing. Bring us to him. And then one of the apostles went to meet Jesus and said to Jesus, These people who were there said they want to see you. And Jesus did not say, Let them see me or let them not. What Jesus said was, Except a corn of wheat falls to the ground. You know, sometimes Jesus' words, you know, they join. Yeah, that's the kind of person he is. He's, he's eccentric. He's somebody you can't figure out. Yeah? So Jesus began to say, except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So what connects we want to see Jesus and except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies? But what Jesus is trying to say is that they want to see me. The me they should really want to see is the one that has died. Yeah, very I say, except, go back to verse 23. 22. Philip comment and tell it Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Next verse. And Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come. <laughs> Sometimes I like to be like Jesus. You can't hold him like this. But what he's saying is making sense. He said, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Next verse. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if he die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Because he has died. Ooh, the Jesus who has died is the Jesus you should look for. So that's why when I say preach, I'm saying preach the cross. Because that is where the power of God is. Oh. That is where the power of God, that is your, it is your wisdom. It is their foolishness, but it is your wisdom. Oh, hallelujah. So let's keep reading. Back to 1 Corinthians. Quickly. Next verse. Verse 24. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Next verse. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men, Next verse. 
For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men, noble. See, he's saying that when I called you, ooh, can I stay here just a little bit? God said, when I called you, when I told you to manifest my power, in the place where I called you, you were weak. You are in your broken state. I chose you to manifest strength. I chose you to manifest power to people in the place of your brokenness. Don't be complaining every time of your brokenness because your brokenness is an opportunity for God to use you to do what he alone takes the glory for. Yeah, pastor, I, I'm down. You know, I don't have it all together. That's the best time for God. For in your weakness, then he's made strong. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Because your strength is going to come from him. Are there people who will use their weaknesses, their brokenness as an opportunity, as an offering to him to say, God, take over from where I have stopped? Are there people here? Wave at me if you're here. Come on, come on, come on. All right, he says, for you see your calling, brother, not how many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next verse, next verse, next verse. But God had chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. Next verse. And base things of this world and things which are despised have God chosen, yeah, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Hallelujah. That no flesh, ooh, no flesh will glory in his presence. Lift your hands and say it would be all about Jesus. But you know what? The word is where? In your mouth. You must learn how to preach the gospel of Jesus. And you preach the gospel of Jesus to every circumstance that you go through. When there is depression locking in around you, you begin to declare, because blood was shed for me, I am the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Guess what? You are preaching already. When disappointments are all over around you, you say, because blood was shed for me, because Jesus died, he was buried and he rose again. Things are falling in line for me. The lines have fallen in pleasant places for me. That is preaching. That is preaching. So everybody here is a preacher. Say yes, somebody. Look at four people and tell them behind you, in front of you, tell them you are a preacher. 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 Now shout and say, I'm a preacher. Next verse, brother. Next verse. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Look at Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. One of the signs of the anointing is that it makes you preach when the anointing comes on you. Let's read it together. One to go. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right it says the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the lord anointed me to what so when the spirit of god comes upon you what's the what, what's one of the first things you're going to do preach 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 when you see mountains preach to the mountain uh-huh uh-huh that's right look at the mountain and preach to the mountain so talk back to me what is preaching declaring what the gospel what is the gospel 
He was buried and he rose again. That is how to preach. If you tie this connection, the foolishness of that thing you have done will produce the power of God. Because the gospel itself is the power of God. So since the Spirit of God is upon me, because the Lord God had anointed me to preach good tidings. Now, this is the Old Testament. He uses the word good tidings unto the meek. There is a semicolon that explains what preaching good tidings mean. It says he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Your heart broken, preach to yourself. Preach to yourself. You know, sometimes if you hear a conversation, do you know whether the person is heartbroken or not, right? Or sometimes you see someone's face or the countenance. You can tell someone is heartbroken or there's depression or there's sadness. Learn how to talk to yourself because you are in control. Don't wait for time to bring about the change you think time will deliver to you. Talk to yourself. Order your heart. Okay? Order your mind. Order your spirit to align with your words. That's how you do it. But go to... So Jesus quoted the scripture again, right? When the real Jesus actually came. Because this is Old Testament. Isaiah 61 verse 1. So let's see Luke chapter 4 verse 17. Luke chapter 4 verse 17. Luke chapter 4. So it says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. The one we just read now. That's when Jesus came in front of the people and he wanted to talk. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Okay? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach. Now, you see, we said good tidings in Isaiah, right? But in Luke, when Jesus is, I mean, reiterating what Isaiah said, he says, preach the gospel to the poor. So he tells you that in this covenant, what you preach is the gospel. So to preach the gospel to the poor, he had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. What do, you do to, what do you do to oppression? You preach to oppression to have deliverance. What do you do to heartbroken, uh, I say heartbrokenness. What's the word? Brokenheartedness. So what's the difference between what you and I just said? Heartbrokenness, brokenheartedness. Whichever, what do you do to heartbrokenness? What do you do to a heart that has broken? <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Shout it. What do you do? What do you do when you don't have money? Shout it now. Preach. And what do you say? Because blood was shed for me. I am rich. What is the lamb that was slain to receive power? To receive what? Wisdom. And to receive what? Riches. That's why it makes sense. What is the lamb that was slain, crucified? Then you are preaching. Are you getting it? So it says, say, uh, you've taken me off. All right? Let me show you last scripture. Last scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse... Romans chapter 10 from verse 6. Let's do from verse 6. Or 5, from verse 5. Romans chapter 10 from verse 5. Are you there? It says for let's just, let's read it together, everybody. Want to go? For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. If you want to stay there, stay there, Josh. Thank you. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth what does the law command you to do? 
or what does the law require of you to do right all right yeah so if it is of the law it will require you to do that's what the law so if you're under the law you have to do something for god to be pleased with you right it says for moses described the righteousness which is of the law that the man which doeth those things shall live by them then let's see verse six it starts with the word but to show you the covenant that you're under right so it says but let's read it together everybody but the righteousness which is of faith what doeth the law what speaks good the law does but faith speaks all right but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise say not in thine heart who shall ascend unto heaven that is to bring christ down from above next verse or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring up christ again from the dead i've heard a lot of people say that i wish i was living in the time where jesus was physically alive here on the earth who has said that before i have i've said that before some of you wish that jesus was alive in the 21st century but you know it's better that he's not here uh, i missed all of you i've lost all of you the physical presence of jesus is not as important as a revelation of him no it's not no it's not you can actually have a physical presence of of come but okay you're wearing white you can actually have a physical presence of jesus but if you don't discern him you don't benefit from him yeah there were places where jesus went to do miracles and the bible says that he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief so it was not the presence of jesus that was the factor it was the fact that the people who were with jesus did not discern him properly so anybody who came with faith to jesus received from jesus why do you think that when jesus resurrected from the dead and he was walking with those two men on their way to emmaus he did not try to prove physically that he was jesus have you realized that jesus didn't try to explain to them i'm the one now see me now no he began to teach them from the law the bible says from the prophets to moses expounding the scriptures of things concerning himself that when their eyes open they realize that that was jesus so the way jesus wants you to recognize him is revelation not physical so that's why go back to it says who shall descend there's no need to go back and bring him up or there is no need to go up and bring him down look at your neighbor say no need no need come on come on come on say no need no need thank you i can say let's keep reading next verse but what said it the word is where the word is 90 even in where oh i'm a preacher i'm a preacher you don't need a collar to say this you don't need a microphone to say this say it with me i'm a preacher i'm a preacher come on come on tell yourself i'm a preacher tell your neighbor you are a preacher all right says but what's it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we what what is the word of faith the word of faith is the gospel 
Yeah, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So the word of faith is the gospel. So it says the word of faith which we preach. You must be a preacher of the word. Okay, so these things will come like sparks, but keep talking it. You're going to see a manifestation. That spark you are declaring will light up a whole nation. I don't know who I'm talking to here. Your vibe is about to fill Africa. The things that God has placed inside of you is about to go across the globe. Come on, say amen. If you, if you, because if you are the one I'm talking about, you resonate with what I'm saying. Talk to me, somebody. I said that what God has designed for you to accomplish is what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of man. The things that God has spoken concerning you. But what do you do? Learn to preach it. That's the bridge. That's the connection. Learn to preach it. Learn to talk it. Learn to decree it. You will see how something small as a seed becomes a mighty forest as you begin to preach. I preach the gospel. Hallelujah. So can we say this together? Word is the lamb that was slain. I have power. I have riches. I have wisdom. I have strength. I have honor. I have blessings. Be followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Glory to God. Are you blessed this morning? So tell your neighbor, I'm a preacher. Would you? You are a preacher. Glory to God. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lulu, you are a preacher. Hallelujah. I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. If you know your neighbor's name, you can call like pastor is calling. Yes. Yes. Tell that person you are a preacher. Are you excited here this morning? Come on, jump on your feet, everybody. Jump on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.